podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Phillips Laven of the 1012 Podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. Welcome to the 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. Thank you for joining us on our Thursday episode. We're talking a lot of the OU Sooners today. Keegan Renault from Sooners Wire is joining us. Got a lot to talk about. Spencer Rattler, uh, why his preseason very high Heisman odds are not that surprising and definitely not something you should be all up in arms about. Somehow devolve into talking a lot about transfers and recruiting, which is a lot of fun for me. I love talking about transfers and recruiting. Also going to talk a bit about DeMarco Murray higher. He's now the running back coach for Oklahoma and and specifically uh, which transfers should should Oklahoma fans be concerned about. One, partic- one particular group and, uh, and a bunch of others that I don't think are going to matter as much as people might think. Obviously, last night, uh, the Big 12 wrapped up its regular week basketball games. Wild night, Texas Tech with a big win over West Virginia, 89-81. to um, Look, I saw the tweets about the Big 12 refs, and yeah, guys, at this point, just, you just, what, what, what I mean, it is what it is. Uh, TCU losing at home to Texas, that's... Mm, Mm. It's not good. It feels starting to feel like two teams that might both be home on Selection Sunday. Oklahoma going on the road to Kansas State and getting a loss that's really going to put a dent in their resume as well. And the Big 12 in basketball this year, guys, like there's four teams that are going. A fifth team should go. Is that it? Is this the year the Big 12 sends five teams to the NCAA tournament? Oklahoma State's out of it. I'm, I don't think Iowa State or Kansas State can do enough. They still have losing records. Then you have four teams at 13-7. and seven. TCU, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, and Texas. Like Baylor, Kansas, West Virginia, they're going. I think Texas Tech still is. But man, there's three locks. Two more might go. It'll be an interesting race to the end of the season to see what other two do. Obviously, we'll talk about basketball on Monday. That's the big topic. Um, 
One thing I just want to discuss, baseball and softball season are coming up soon. There's some high expectations for a number of Big 12 teams. I'm going to try and land us some guests. I know most of you don't care about baseball and softball and probably won't listen to the show when I do it. I don't care. I want to talk about all the sports. There's not always things to talk about with football. And when the Big 12 has teams that are really good, we should talk about them. So we're going to have some baseball and softball guests coming up. Um, you don't want to miss those, so make sure you are subscribed. However you get your podcast, if the first time you've listened or you just listen on occasion, subscribe to the show. Uh, leave us a rating and a review. Five stars, please, and let us know what you like and don't like. We would appreciate it. Um, I'll just say this. Uh, Chris has not been here much lately. Um there's a lot going on in his life right now, so if if y'all just want to keep him on your mind, um, say a word, say a prayer, and uh, I would appreciate it. I think he would as well. You know, we all have some hard times. We all have some moments in our life where our lives become difficult, so just keep in your thoughts if you don't mind. Uh, I think he would appreciate that. I certainly would. Uh, obviously, he's a, he's a good friend, and I, I'd love to have him back here as my co-host on a regular basis once some some things lighten up for him. Keegan is awesome. This is a great conversation. It did go a little bit longer than I thought, but that's what happens when we're having a good time. So with that said, let's get to it. Keegan Renault back on the show. Keegan, it's always a pleasure to have you here, man. Uh, and I, I'm, I brought you here for one reason and one reason only. I want to talk about Spencer Rattler. We're going to talk about some other stuff too, but I really want to talk about Spencer Rattler. And I feel like that's a pretty, uh, it's a topic that that you, it's not only near and dear to your heart, but one you enjoy talking about. <laughs> if you followed me, what, you followed me for about a year now, oh, of course, I've got a, something playing in the background that's not supposed to be playing. Thank you, USA Today, my beautiful <laughs> website. Um if you have followed me, and I know you've seen me before you had followed me, I have been aboard this train <laughs> since he committed to the University of Oklahoma since 2017, I believe, summer of, summer Lincoln Riley uh, was the head coach at Oklahoma. So, I think he's this good uh, with the Heisman odds, what they put out. And I, I, did, did you say what they were? Do you have them in front of you? So that's that's what drew me to this. Um, the the Superbook USA put out their odds, and Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence are tied at number one overall at four to one odds. And there at third is Spencer Rattler of Oklahoma, twelve to one. And I saw quite a few people upset and up in arms over a guy who has thrown what ten passes, completed ten passes, I think, um, being over some proven commodities. He's over Sam Ellinger. He's over Travis Etienne, Juba Hubbard, Ian Book, uh, Keaton Slovis. Like it's a he's a guy who has not started a game, has barely played in any sort of minutes that matter at third in the Heisman rankings. And I saw people's reaction, and I get it, I do. But as I get older, and the more that I do this, I feel that I become wiser. And and after the initial, just like, well, that's odd. It makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. because I think this has less to do with Spencer Rattler and more to do with this is Vegas. They're here to make money. They play the odds. They're not here to lose money. So, no. And I understand that Spencer Rattler hasn't done anything, but 
when your head coach has had a Heisman finalist three years in a row, and two of those have won the award, and two, including two that really, at the start of the season, were not considered the favorites, especially not Kyler Murray. <laughs> like, it was a joke of like, oh, can we go back-to-back Heisman winners? And then he did, and everyone's like, well, yeah, okay. Um, are they going to do it a third year in a row? If you're Vegas, are you really going to give the betting public 101 odds on Spencer Rattler to win the Heisman? Because I'm going to tell you right now, if the odds were like that, I would put money on that bet. No one's touching this bet, except for OU fans or people who are just like just like to gamble and throw money at everything. If his odds were, were, were 100 to 1, I would be betting on Spencer Rattler because that is a good bet. And so that's why I'm not, I, don't, I don't understand people being upset about it. I, I don't know enough about Spencer Rattler. Everything I've heard about him is that he's really good. Uh, I know there was some... Now, before we get all that, let's just... Uh, your opinion on on where he was in the in these early Heisman... Yeah, liability, right? Uh, Vegas yeah. is lo- Vegas is looking out to cover their ass. Uh, I don't know if profanity is allowed on this podcast, but yes. And I mean PG thirteen. You know. That was yeah. That was I, I won't say the word again, but I yeah. That, I think that was good. <laughs> Anyways, no, I yeah. Uh, they're covering themselves. They, they I mean if you put him and I looked it up and that's why you heard some of the audio playing. Um, I should have looked it up on my laptop. Wasn't thinking, but. They Jalen Hurts was at twenty to one, so this is um, preseason last year, and he is at what again? Do you... Rattler's at twelve to one odds. So he was in that sixth, seventh, eighth tier. Jalen Hurts was Spencer's third. So with that though, I will say is if I think you and I think a lot alike in a lot of ways. Vegas wouldn't put him above a brand name at Texas or, you know, a brand name somewhere else. I believe Sam Ellinger was fourth. Um, Yeah. The reviews are getting out. And Mm -hmm. I think we're all aware of what he could become at Oklahoma. Uh, And, but at the same time too, they're holding themselves. They're making sure they're, they're not going to lose their butt like they did with Kyler. I mean, the tickets that were getting posted on the night of Kyler Murray's Heisman Trophy winning night were $20,000, $30,000, you know, 50, 100. I mean, people made money on Kyler Murray. And Vegas is trying to make sure that that doesn't happen again with a generational, potential generational quarterback at Oklahoma. So I see both sides of it. I see the side of the liability in Vegas and this, but man, the fact that he was that high. They're hearing something, and we'll see what comes of that. Here comes spring. Granted, sir, he's not the starting quarterback at the University of Oklahoma yet. <laughs> uh, sure. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm not falling for that one again. Like, no offense. I, I, we bought into that. You're with, not? You with sure? With Kyler, and we bought into that. With Yeah, no, I'm not buying into that at all. Like, it's going to no be one. a really this, – this, this is going to be the, the most single toughest decision – that Lincoln Riley's ever had to make in his career. <laughs> uh, I believe last sure. year the phrase the phrasing was this was the best tightest quarterback competition that he's had at Oklahoma. Now, and hold then, on. I do I somewhat believe that last year because of who the two players involved were. 
I agree more with so that. than I did when it was Kyler Murray and um, Austin Kendall. Thank you. Like that one was just like, uh huh, sure, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Now, do I do I think that? Do I think we were being still being sold a, a bag of you know beans? Uh, between the in a battle between Rattler and Hertz, sure. Do I think that that was a probably the best battle they've had between the eventual starter and the backup? Yes, I do. I I, I buy that. So there, I think there's some truth to that. I also think it's still just you know some Lincoln Riley talk. Yeah, Lincoln Rileyism. Lincoln last year was not allowing because it would have hurt him in the future if he brought a grad transfer with the profile of Jalen with the notoriety of Jalen Hurts he wasn't going to bring a grad transfer in that wasn't going to be the starting quarterback he no, just wasn't no. and there, there was nothing he could have done to fool anybody I mean I get it that he had to maintain Tanner Mordecai and keep him on campus in case anything happened I mean granted he did you know it was it was just a Spencer split Spencer Rattler split reps with Tanner Mordecai at the Peach Bowl so that's why he got put in first remember that too there you, go. That, you believe that? No. No, nobody does. Anyways, so as we continue <laughs> to go on on this, yes, Spencer Rattler, and I think this is a part where I, uh, the reviews of him from my end, and I've talked to you about him a little bit throughout the year, that he Spencer was at a place last off, last season, during the season, that people think that he was ahead of where Kyler Murray was at when Kyler sat behind Baker. So if he's already there mentally as a 19 or as an 18, 19 year old kid, then where, where is that going to take him? Now, granted, he had to mature. If anybody watched the Netflix QB one show, uh, and I think Spencer Rattler would attest to that. I think he needed to mature. He needed to grow as a kid. He needed to figure out life on his own. And if those things were accomplished, then he is full steam ahead. He has, from what I understand, he is the pick by the players already. Hmm. And yeah. it's been what, two weeks yeah. of fall work, of winter workouts. Um, so I, everybody sees what's potentially coming and we'll see what comes of it with Tanner Mordecai. And that's another conversation I believe uh, people will have later on, but well, let's have it. Do you think he sticks around? Let's have, um, based off what I'm told, think he will now i've had a conflicted report by a close colleague of yours and we'll leave it at that because he'll listen to this and know what i'm talking about and i don't want him to get (laughs) mad that that may not be the truth um so but i've been told that he graduates next year or in the winter i believe or in the spring he'd have to push it really hard to be in the winter um but i believe he'll be there i think he sees that Spencer is at times a little careless um, taking, you know, I, I, he seems like a guy that would take a hit. Um, he doesn't seem like a guy that like Kyler that didn't take big hits for some reason. He took like two in 14, 15 games. It was incredible. I don't think Spencer, that kind of guy at quarterback. So there is an opportunity for Tanner Mordecai to play next year. I think there's a clear path for that. And my thinking is, is, there is a side of learning under Lincoln for another year because maybe Tanner Mordecai becomes Joe Burrow. Who knows? Maybe he becomes a guy that transfers to a big school that ends up becoming a, you know, the you know number one pick in the draft. Who knows? 
um, there's a lot of people that like what Tanner Mordecai brings to the table. And I've heard that there's going to be some heavy suitors for him if he does enter the transfer portal. So there is that part of it. And then there's the other part of it of how much could he benefit from getting into a system this summer and next fall and learning under a guy and then being the starting quarterback for the next year, already spending a year in the training, spending a year in the system, spending a year under the OC. So there's a lot of different ways that this is going to continue to unfold throughout the spring. But if Spencer comes out in the spring game and just looks, I mean, looks like he did compared to Tanner Mordecai in games that they played this year, then I don't see a reason why he would stay. It doesn't, in throwing away everything that I've heard, throwing away everything, the, what it looks like, what it appears like, I don't, as a, as a player, to me, it doesn't make much sense of why he would stay. I mean, if, if your goal is to play, and, and this is where I get to, like, people get mad about, we, I mean, secretly, we only care when players transfer if we, we like the player and we, we think they're, they're supposed to make an impact for us. We don't, we don't care if they're just going to ride the bench. Um, but, I mean, for, for Mordecai, like, if Rattler wins the job, unless he just falls apart, like, you're, you're not going to – or he gets injured. Like, you're not going to take the job from him. So, no, I mean, so I'm going to have no problem if Mordecai after – if he, if he stays for another season and decides he wants to transfer, I have no problem with that whatsoever. Absolutely. And it wouldn't shock me, and I think that's perfectly – I mean, you can only have one quarterback. Only one guy gets to stand back there and hold the ball, okay? So while you like depth and you like depth of talent just in case you know something happens, that's on the coaches to figure out. Players should absolutely, if they have the opportunity to go somewhere else and, and play, should go and do so. Absolutely. And – We'll see how this continues to unfold because that, I mean, how this is handled right now is how it's going to be handled if Oklahoma brings in a five-star quarterback and Chandler Morris is the guy that's, you know, left out to dry. So yeah. everything with Oklahoma right now, got, I about said cyclical. Cyclical? Please yeah. tell me that's how you say it. That's how you say yes, it? it's cyclical. 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 Okay. Wow. Um, act like I've been in journalism for three years. I'm, I'm curious your thought on this. It's, it's really crazy to me. You know, look at some of these guys who have transferred out of schools, these five-star quarterbacks who are going to places with established quarterbacks already there, thinking that they're going to go in, I don't know, beat the other guy out, take basically pull a Tua over Jalen. Mm-hmm. And that to me is so uncommon, especially mm-hmm. if we're talking about a guy who's already pretty good. <laughs> like... um, that it's wild to me the mindset of some of these quarterbacks that I'm better, I'm going to go take his job. And I wonder if, do they have, you look at a Chandler Morris who's coming to Oklahoma. Does he have that mindset of I'm going to take Spencer's job or is it a, I'm just going to get there and, and, and hang out. And if I get the job, great. And if not, I'll transfer. Like, I I think, and I want because I want to talk about oh, you transfer in a minute. It's so interesting to me that I think that that the transfer portal and the transfer process becoming so much more commonplace allows these guys the opportunity to say, "I'm going to go take that job, and if I don't, I'll just find another one." And it's wild to me, like that mindset is so. Like I don't I don't know that I would be that way. I don't entirely understand where it comes from because to me i'm like no i'm gonna go where i'm gonna play like i'm gonna go where i know i'm gonna even if it's not georgia or not clemson or not alabama if i'm gonna go if i gotta go to west virginia but i know i'm good enough to take that job and have it 
it's wild to me that that's not your first move over. I want to go beat out that incumbent who's going to mm-hmm. be there for two more years. And I'm going to go for a year. And if it doesn't work, I'm going to leave. That's just, it's crazy. But that seems to be where a lot of these five-star quarterbacks are and what they're doing lately. I, I wish I could credit the person who had tweeted this. They said that, man, it may be have been Bamani Jones during the national championship. If you, if you remember seeing this, he mentioned he posted a picture of the top five recruiting classes and then posted a picture of the top five college football playoff rankings and said, sorry to everybody else. The rich keep getting richer, Yeah, this and that. And then not only that, these teams are also trading quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if, if a guy's not working out at Georgia, the backup guy, he goes to one of the other schools that's a top school. If he's not working out at LSU, he goes to another school that's a top school. If he doesn't work at Alabama, he goes to another school that's a top school. So it's, it's the mindset of competing and doing this and doing that that's kind of gone, and I think coaches are sick of it. And, and it'll, like I mentioned the word I'm going to go, and I'll say it correctly this time, it's, it's cyclical. It'll revert itself back at some point. Um, it, and, but at the same time, like, it's not going to stop anytime soon. And this is going to happen across tier one jobs, tier, tier one schools, tier two schools, tier three schools. You know, you're the guy, you, you know, you're recruited Oklahoma State. You know, you're the quarterback that doesn't work out, for example. Just throwing Oklahoma State. Sure. Then, I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you want to go there and if you listen to the Sam Mays podcast, I also – told Sam I think Oklahoma State's going to like 11 and 1 next year so that's another conversation for don't, later on don't do that to me don't do that and uh don't but if you're but you, if you don't win the job at Oklahoma State then transfer to a school like Washington State or transfer to a school you're going to go to North Carolina or you're going to go to NC State yeah. you know it's it's across the board and um but to your point you, you brought up Chandler Morris as it stands today I think Oklahoma State I think Oklahoma is going to land five-star quarterback Caleb Williams who, and this is the perfect example. I think Brock Vandergrift was a unicorn. I think he was the Trevor Lawrence of the upcoming recruiting class, the guy that Oklahoma lost to Georgia, that flip. Mm-hmm. And then I think Caleb Williams is the Justin Fields. So o- Oklahoma's going from potentially having a Trevor Lawrence, Andrew Luck type to having a Justin Fields. I'm trying to think of what a tier two NFL guy is. Um, that's an athletic quarterback in the NFL. I uh, can't think of it off my head. But um, if that happens, then there isn't a clear path for Chandler Morris to be the starting quarterback in Oklahoma. Yeah. And, but as it stands today, you know, Spencer Rattler plays two years, he moves on, and Chandler Morris gets two years, he moves on, and then the 2023 quarterback at Oklahoma. And you guys are starting to see what my mind, like covering Lincoln Riley for the last three years, because he's thinking five years in advance. And, Oh, yeah. um, which you have to with so, recruiting like it's mm-hmm. my god people do not fans do not understand how complicated recruiting really is like just they just don't they it's really like, don't grasp that it is a it's a relational thing like this is what it's like oh my gosh i can't believe you're offering a sophomore you're like we're the fifth school to offer him like mm-hmm. that's that's what this is has gotten down to is you have to get on these guys early. And even then it doesn't matter. Like you could be the first guy to offer kid and be his only offer for two years and he's ready to commit to you. And then all of a sudden here comes, let's say you're Oklahoma state and you come in on a quarterback and you're the first guy to people to do it. And you're the only one for two years. And all of a sudden here comes Bama, OU, Florida, and 
and Ohio State. Bye. Mm. You're not. You ain't coming to OSU no more. So it's it. It's so weird and so hard, and relationships matter, but brand names. It's recruiting is a. It's it's a nasty business, man. It really is. And and I'll I'll finish with this. this is a, the one of the greater anecdotes that I've gotten for a story. Um, I didn't use it in the story because it didn't pertain to it. But <laughs> for last summer, I was at the opening, and number one now quarterback in the country, Bryce Young, who would have ended up at Oklahoma if Spencer Rattler wasn't on Oklahoma's roster. I think that's a pretty common. Everybody knows that nowadays, and. He brought it, I asked him and then I, I just asked him, I was like, what, what, what's your relationship like with Lincoln Riley? Like, I was just curious. And he goes, you're not going to believe, basically, you're not going to believe this. He texted me this morning. This is six months after he committed to USC. Lincoln Riley's checking up on a guy. Yeah. Cause, cause you never know. You never know if Bryce Young's going to enter the transfer portal in three years from now mm-hmm. and he becomes your quarterback. And well, that, that stuff matters. That and that's the that's the way that's I did not intend for this to become a recruiting podcast, but whatever. That is how much this stuff has changed. The transfer portal has changed things in ways that that most people just don't understand. Like you almost have to keep that relationship going, because if something doesn't work out, you could get them. Like maintaining that. Look, I have no inside information, but there's guys at OSU recruited really hard that went elsewhere. Uh, I can Colin Clay, the defensive uh, defensive end who spent his freshman season in Arkansas. Coaching change. He's come to Stillwater. He was out of Putnam City. I mean, I have a hard time thinking that OSU didn't just be like, hey, just check in every once in a while, keep that there. And when it fell up, because we all knew that you know Chad Morris wasn't going to last at Arkansas. Um, and here we are. And now he's in Stillwater at o- for Oklahoma State. And I think that I think that happens. I think there's recruiting going on even with guys who are signed and out of school. You just you just keep t- hey man, how's it how's it going? How you doing? Everything good? Yeah, all right. Good, good, good to know. How's your mama? Mm-hmm. Like that stuff exists. And it's I don't like you can get mad or call it cheating. I don't care. Like whatever. Like if the kid's happy, he'll stay. And he, it's like anything else. You don't have to respond to them. But I think that stuff exists, and that's that's just part of the game now. Someone, what a good friend of mine said to me after I told him the Bryce Young story, and he said Lincoln Riley is not out out here just recruiting potential freshmen; he is now recruiting grad transfers. Mm-hmm. That I mean, that's that's where it's heading, and it's not going to stop anytime soon. I mean, Oklahoma offered a kid out of Texas named Ruben Owens. Hashtag black unicorn. If you know, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and he's coming off his freshman year of high school. You don't know what this kid's going to become. But you got to start building those relationships now. If you, don't, if you don't build those relationships now, you're behind. Yeah. And yeah. it, it I, I, mean, I think it's fascinating. I mean, coming from someone who follows it very closely. But oh, it someone, is. Oh, it absolutely is. But to someone who doesn't, that's just the common football fan it has to be extremely frustrating it's like why am i worried about what the mind of a 15 year old's doing i mean we i'm i'm 23 and i can't wrap my mind around half the stuff that goes on even by minute still you know so it's it's definitely a uh it's a unique part of what college football's become and um this whole started with spencer rattler 
And I, and I'll finish it with this. I expect Spitzerella to be the starting quarterback at Oklahoma. If you, that's a surprise, I know. So that's a that's a bold, it's a bold statement, sir. Um, it's bold. It's bold. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and and then I expect it as it stands today to be Chandler Morris. I feel really good about where Oklahoma's at with Caleb Williams. And if you haven't watched his tape, um, you should. It's very impressive. Um, it's not Brock Vandegrift impressive, but like I said, he's a unicorn and Georgia that that has to like that so much of that is is where that has to have been and I don't want to spend too much time on him where Georgia has is we're trying to go with their offense like because otherwise yeah they did yeah they did you just can't they just they can pay so much money and you know I get it go to Georgia go have some fun yeah yeah Someone asked um, me this in the year 2020. I, I, sorry, I, at the head, I was asked no, on the it. air in the on the franchise about the hire of Austin Thomas at Baylor. And in the year 2020, I'm on air publicly in the state of Oklahoma, talking about how Austin Thomas at LSU was randomly LSU started recruiting at a level they hadn't in a while. How A&M recruited at a level they hadn't in a while when he was at A&M. There, I saw a tweet that said under his watch at Texas A&M, they brought in more blue chips four and five star prospects than they had in a decade he's Baylor and you if you read between the lines of what I'm saying oh yeah then like the, the what you mentioned they can pay more yeah that's in all facets of the game and it's crazy that we're I'm sitting here publicly talking about it on a podcast that's going to be put out there but it, it's true it's 100% true and what you said is right it's not just broad I mean I'm sure they didn't have to go, hey, Brock, here's this. You live 20 minutes from campus. That, though, that, that's not the situation we're talking about. It's, it's everything else that goes into a kid from out of state that needs an unofficial visit, you know, whatnot. So I, I was wanted to finish that. I mean, this, that's the whole recruiting nowadays. And it kind of goes into the Oklahoma State conversation that I know you love talking about recruiting. There's two things I want to talk about. I don't, I don't want to go too long. Um, first off, and this, we'll just make this quick. Oklahoma has 12 guys currently in the transfer portal on the way out. Um, a lot in the defensive backfield. You got three cornerbacks, two safeties. Uh, this is just part of football now. But you look at this. There's a lot of you're seeing a lot of four stars that are that are leaving the program. Um, is this just part of football? Is this no big deal? Um, or are there some transfers here that that as someone who covers Oklahoma, you look at and go that 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 could hurt or that's going to hurt. The depth definitely is going to hurt at linebacker. Ryan Jones, Levi Draper, um, losing two guys that have at least a little bit of experience before, you know, Lyndon Walker or a, who I believe is going to be off the edge. But even him, like, he, that's a guy that's going to have to know how to play linebacker inside at Oklahoma. And that part of it is definitely um, going to affect, and you're going to see it on the field whenever more another year where walk-ons are playing at Oklahoma on defense. But my question to you now is, is what is your favorite steak? Mm. Uh, medium rare, but leaning toward rare. So more rare than, than medium. But like, cut, I of, cut, of, cut of steak, cut of steak. Oh, um, I, that's, a, that's a good question. That's a very good question. Mm, I like a New York strip. Um, okay, on your New York strip, do you cut off the fat? Do you eat that fat when it's a really good steak? Oh hell yeah! I ate everything. Lincoln Riley just cut off this, cut off the fat of a fillet, 
mm. from mahogany. He cut off mm-hmm. the path from this is this is a thing that this has been Oklahoma fans have been clamoring for. They've been seeing the SEC teams do it, whatever. The world of processing has finally hit Oklahoma. And everything. Jay Bowler leaving the Texas. And I, I know there's a narrative out there that Jay Bowler, you know, left because he's a Texas guy. There was an opening. He got an opportunity to come home, this and that. But if there's anything that anybody's picked up from Lincoln Riley, and I can tell you from covering him for sure, that you think Lincoln Riley was going to allow an asset to his staff, to him potentially winning a national championship, to his staff, best it could be. You think he's going to let someone just walk to his rival? No. So, with all being said, none of the guys that are transferring were on the too deep this year. None of, so, they're creating spots for players that fit Alex Grinch's defense. They're, fill, they're creating spots for players in the future. And this is a step, and I said this after it happened, that I'd be more worried that Oklahoma's doing, that, that guys are transferring if I was an, an opposing fan, because that means Oklahoma's getting real about winning a national championship. That's a good point. It's a very good point. Um, all right, last thing, we'll get you out of here. Uh, DeMarco Murray is now the new running back coach for Oklahoma. Um, what is your uh, – how, how would you grade that higher? Uh, I know you've talked quite a bit about he's got one job – in particular, as soon as he hits Norman, he has one job. And now I know his junior tape, and there's been a lot of talk about it. Uh, five-star running back, Kamar, out of the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, his tape's not – it doesn't have those highlight home run. You know, when you watch a guy, you go, holy crap, he's really good. But he has a bunch of – he shows an explosion and a bend that around the edge that is uncommon for a 17-year-old. So, for me, he's still my number one pro- target, and he's a five-star out of the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And DeMarco Murray, you played for the Dallas Cowboys. You were a legend in Dallas for four years. You walk into that home, and you go get that guy. Because Oklahoma hasn't had, a guy that, it hasn't had a guy like that since Mixon walked on campus. And I know everybody's feelings about him are a little uh, whatever you want it to be. But he was a generational running back. He may have been the best running back in that draft. He may end up being the best running back in the NFL at one, at one time in a year. He, he was that good. And Oklahoma's been missing that. So DeMarco Murray comes in. I tweeted out at one point, and I've said it on, the, uh, on a couple podcasts and when, uh, on air in Oklahoma, that Oklahoma's not at a – I don't feel like they're at a point where they should be grooming guys. DeMarco Murray's a guy that's going to have to get groomed a little bit. Now his credentials – and his success and his track record as a player are going to speak for themselves. And Oklahoma, and you saw me tweet this out, made it very obvious in their press release of how they're going to attack recruiting with him. That I, I just recently got out of playing. I know everything that comes with playing running back. I mean, they hit every single point that you want to sell a guy. Yeah. And Per reports, this is not me confirming this. I have, I'm not that deep into the recruiting reporting. Um, that the first day DeMarco Murray was a coach at Oklahoma, he went and saw Kamar Wheaton. So, as much as I joked around, I can say, for talking to somebody, <laughs> that Kamar Wheaton was a big talk of subject with DeMarco Murray. And so that was sarcastically joking a lot but at the same time it's true you go get a guy like that if you're a running back 
and your running backs coach, it, you go get a Joe, you'll get a Jimmy, and you don't have to do a lot of coaching at the running back position. No, no. I, I've had this kind of conversation with Adam Lund. Um, running back is probably the one position coach of them all that requires the least amount of actual ability to coach. Your primary job is recruiting. Mm-hmm. And if you can't do that, then we need to find somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. So, other other yeah. positions like there's coaching involved I, I, and and development of players, but of all the position groups, to me, running back is the one where it's it's more about who are you landing than how good of a coach and developer are you. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm at with the Marco Murray now. Granted, like I said, he's going to get in the living rooms. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, yeah. He's a brand name. He's was an analyst for Fox Sports. He was all on your TV. He was on your TV running it. He had what the best year since Emmett Smith, running back, has had with Dallas. And so he his name's gonna carry a lot of weight in an area that Oklahoma recruits quite a bit in the Dallas yeah. Fort Worth area. So there's definitely a uh, for me it. I'm sort of holding back until there's a couple signatures signed. A guy named Kamar Whedon. Have I mentioned that? Um, it sounds vaguely. I'll have to rewind the tape. Okay. And, and go check. So yeah, it's no. That's I, I. I'm I'm serious and I'm serious and I'm not serious. That you know, for me, his whole first year of coaching in Oklahoma is dependent on that signature. Now there's a guy named Trevion Henderson from Virginia. That's a big time running back too. Um, a comp for him for me is Miles Sanders right now. Um, cool. Now that, and uh, so I, I think he's that kind of guy, and I think he's a guy that Oklahoma could go get. But you got a five star in your backyard. There's no more if you're Oklahoma. There's no beating the bush around. They they, they continue. They can't continue to let Ohio State. They can't continue to let Alabama. They can't into your fertile recruiting ground. That if you're Oklahoma, there's no more. There there can't be. Um, if you want to take that next step as a program. And DeMarco Murray, um, that, I, that's if he does anything this year, um, landing Kamar Wheaton is, is a big deal. Keegan, as always, it is a blast to have you on the show. Do me a favor for everybody who wants to check out the work you do covering Oklahoma. And after this, I expect they probably will. Uh, where can they do so? Follow me at Keegan Renault. And for those who don't know how to spell Keegan, because it doesn't sound like it spells, it's K-E-G-A-N-R-E-N-E-A-U. I work for USA Today and cover Oklahoma football for Sooners Wire. Um, believe it or not, is am I supposed to? Is, is this the point where I start plugging things? Sure, if you want to plug, go ahead. Oh, uh, I've had a couple bylines with USA Today over the last couple months. Oh, look at you moving up the there, ball. There we go. There we go. We got a big. We got a big year ahead of us, covering the team full time. So if you want to hop on board. Um, Love Oklahoma football. Uh, I promise you, I, will, I think uh, you'll like the product that we put out. Dude, I, as a let me say this: as I know, I'm supposed to be uh, fair and balanced on on this show. As an OSU fan, um, I think you are one of the most fair and balanced people who covers the Sooners, um, and I, and I view your opinions very highly. So it's always a pleasure to have you here on the show, man. Absolutely, and uh, enjoy the uh, expectations. I'll leave it at that. <sighs> We'll talk about this later. I'm not, it's, it's January. I'm not, I can't, I can't, I can't do, I can't do that yet. I can't, I just, no, 
I can't. So you get uh, you get you get Texas and Stillwater Thanksgiving weekend for a, probably a chance to play for a Big Twelve championship. Yeah, I know. I, know, I, I, know. I don't want to talk about it right now. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I just wanted to remind. Yeah, I'm I'm aware. Like I, I'm I'm very familiar with the Oklahoma State schedule, um, how it stacks up, uh, where and when and and how and who all is back. I understand. I understand. I just uh, I've done this enough times. I I finally taught myself not to get my hopes up. Um, I will at some point, and and they will be dashed. But un- until then, I'm going to continue to try and fight the good fight and keep my expectations uh, medium. Yeah, I mean. Figured you guys would start buying alcohol for that Bedlam game in Norman in uh, week seven. No, 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 I'm fine. Like I don't, I don't, I would never pick OSU to win that game again. I'm not stupid. Uh, right, so, Keegan, again, always a pleasure. Uh, we'll have you back on again soon to talk all sorts of Big Twelve goodness and uh, a bunch of stories. <laughs> Podcast Network.